Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here and if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
there. That's good. Uh, fell asleep over there while I was singing that Christmas song. I wasn't ready to, to get up here. But uh, we do have a couple of things that we want to announce. We're going to continue to kind of operate this way through the month of January. We're going to uh, really honor what uh, we believe is the request from our governor and his staff uh, to uh, kind of social distance uh, in our worship approach. And we're going to do that through January. I want to encourage you to be as safe as you can. Uh, we were talking about this morning. You know, Tennessee is a hot spot for COVID. It, it really, it's a, not just a hot spot uh, uh, in the South. It's, it's a hot spot uh, on this planet. I mean, we're like the hottest place right now for COVID. And so uh, be praying for your neighbors and your communities uh, that uh, this thing can kind of get better and uh, settle down and our, our hospitals can get a little bit more room and people can get off the ventilators and, and, and all of that uh, worry kind of settle down. So uh, I really want to encourage you to be in prayer for what's going on in our state particularly and in our communities because this is a hard thing. It's a hard time. But uh, we're going to do our part and uh, try to uh, help in that safety uh, part of this. So be in prayer for that. Deacons will be meeting next week at the conclusion of the service. That'll be our regular uh, monthly meeting, and we'll talk about uh, what, what we're looking at going forward uh, if anything uh, changes uh, within the week as well. Also this morning, I want to uh, let you know that we have received a uh, donation to the church. It is in memory of Miss Elizabeth Edwards and her 81-year membership. Miss Betty Claire Adair is the one that uh, has uh, spearheaded this with uh, a few others. But uh, I think Kyle has got a picture of it. It is a beautiful nativity scene. And uh, we were able to get that out. We wanted to get that out before Christmas got away from us. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. And uh, uh, I know it will be something that we'll uh, uh, enjoy every year as we uh, decorate for Christmas. And I think we got to undecorate sometime this week, right? That's always fun. All right. Uh, don't forget also that we are uh, continuing to take up for Lottie Moon. We're going to be doing that all the way through January. We, we might even extend it into February uh, a little bit too since this has kind of been a crazy month and, and the next month looks to be a little bit crazy as well. But uh, our goal is 15000 We're going to uh, take up for uh, our missions. And we've also got another video for you uh, this morning. Uh, those of you who are home online, uh, this is what they call the Day 3 Lottie Moon Mission video. So let's see that. Here in Thailand, there are so many people who don't know God, and no one they know knows God. Thai people have a desperate desire to get rid of the sin that they know they have. They're, they're going to the temples, and they're taking money and gold and flowers and anything they can do that they think is good that might erase the sin that they know that is inside them. Now my calling to be a doctor and calling to be a missionary came on the same day. When a missionary came and spoke at our church, he said the line, the saddest thing I've seen after 35 years on the mission field is children sick and dying because there's no doctor to care for them. And it was a like a lightning bolt through my soul. And I said, okay, God, I'll be a medical missionary. Our ministry here takes mobile clinics all over the country of Thailand. 
church planners call me up and say, I'm trying to start a new church or there's never been one, will you come and help me? Medicine is just a means for me to share the gospel with those who have no other access. When I talk about how to take care of their physical needs, it's just so easy for them to see when I start talking about their soul that they need a savior as well. And American churches have partnered with me in that. And they have sent me short-term mission teams that come with me for about a week every month. And we go out and do mobile clinics all over the country. Without the churches coming alongside me, I cannot do what I do. In general, people here do not like talking about spiritual things. But on mobile clinic, we can talk to 100 people in a day, 200 people, 300 people in a day that will come to mobile clinic and there we can share Christ with so many people at one time. It makes mobile clinic a great avenue for sharing the gospel. The point of mobile clinics is to start churches, groups of Thai believers that will go on to grow people in their new faith, to disciple them in their understanding of who Christ is, and to grow them together into groups that will become churches. There's a lot of things that money can't buy. Being able to be here and see God praised where he has never been praised before. That is a dear joy. Seeing souls saved in areas where no one has ever known God before. Watching them grow in their faith and lead others to faith. And watching them grow together into churches. Seeing churches start where no one has ever worshiped God before. Money can't buy that. Good deal. Uh, I think you missed the first 10 seconds of it, but uh, you got to see the major part of that. Let's have a word of prayer this morning as we open up our worship together. And let's also remember our missionaries uh, and those that uh, we support through Lottie Moon. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the work that's being done around our world, as we saw in the video again, how you are uh, reaching out through your mission work uh, through the church to share that good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray for all of our missionaries. We know that prayer is that number one thing that they request, that we just covet together to pray for them. And Lord, uh, that we all could at least try to find one missionary uh, that we either may know or know of or, or, or learn about, that throughout this next year we can co commit to pray daily for that one missionary uh, and the work that you're doing, Lord. And we pray, Lord, not only for the prayers that are needed, but... Uh, the offering that's needed as well. And Lord, we're thankful that when we do give the Lonnie Moon 100% of that offering that we give uh, actually goes to the mission work. It doesn't go to administration. It doesn't go to uh, any kind of uh, fluff expense. It actually goes uh, to the missionaries. It gets into their hands for their, for their needs, for their purpose. Lord, this morning be with us as we worship and continue to celebrate uh, your birth, your life, your death and resurrection. And Lord, just speak to us today through your word as we draw close to you. In your precious and mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
for what Christmas represents. It represents us celebrating your coming to live among us. Uh, you, you chose to lay all your glory, all your splendor, all your majesty aside and to come and, and dwell among us, to, to breathe our dust, our dirt, and live among us. And we can never, there's nothing we can do to repay that. Uh, Lord, I know a lot of times that at Christmas, uh, a lot of people are depressed, but they're also open to you. And so, Lord, we pray today that as Brother Chris brings the message, pray for anyone that doesn't know you that they would see that today is the day of salvation and they can call upon you to save them and forgive them of their sins and they'll never be alone. Lord, we just thank you for that promise that we have in Christ. We love you and we ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Take your Bible this morning and open to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. And we're going to look at two verses together. Uh, these are going to be our primary verses today. We'll be in a few other places, but uh, primarily here. I want you to do something this morning, a little exercise, a little exercise for you. I want you to, to breathe in and let it out. I don't know about you, but that's the way I feel like we ought to just approach 2020. Have you ever done something real taxing exercise or some kind of hard work, you know, and you, you come to the end of it and you just kind of take that deep breath in and then you kind of let it out and try to relax the body and you go, I'm so glad that's over. I don't know about you, but on this last Sunday of 2020, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm looking forward to next Sunday, a, a whole new year. And uh, that's what I want to think about with you this morning because this has certainly been a year like any other year that I think that, that we have been through as a people. Uh, and I want us to think this morning along this line, the thinking, uh, what do we do when God throws us a curveball? You know, last year at this time, I was thinking about where we were at in our preaching. And 
we were getting ready and I was patting myself on the back because I thought this is kind of clever and cute. I'm not sure that other preachers didn't do this too. Uh, we preached on 2020 vision. And we were talking about, you know, uh, the things that we were going to do. And we were talking about uh, the, the vision before us as a church. And I, I got to make a confession. I missed it. <laughs> I missed all of it last year at that point because, you know, uh, in February we started hearing that word COVID. And, uh, you know, it was there in China and it was in other places around our world. And we were like, you know, what is this thing? that's kind of going on that part of the world. And then when March got here, what? It had landed on our shores. And by the end of March, uh, we were in lockdown mode. And, and I, I don't think any of us saw that coming. And I promise you, a year ago at this time, I didn't see the, the fact that we would not be together on Easter Sunday. I still can't believe that we went through that period that on Easter, of all Sundays, we couldn't really be together. We were talking about it uh, even this morning about the, the year in review. And, you know, we were struggling to, to, to find out how we could stream online. And we were, everything was chaotic and everything was just crazy. And we got through that period, you know. And I remember the deacons talking about, Oh, yeah, well, in June, we're going to open back up, and we're going full guns again. And uh, we were thinking about Bible school, and, and we were still thinking about the mission trip that the youth had planned, and, and things didn't change. It was still that COVID fear and worry, and, and, and we were going through that. And we, we did have a while there where we were able to open again, and uh, when we opened it back up, I will forget that first Sunday, we, what a wonderful Sunday it was that we had. Uh, the, we were full. People were so hungry to get back to the, to the worship together. And, you know, we even made it to that point where we opened up Sunday school again for two weeks. And then everything came back down again. We, were, we found ourselves in that position, throttling up, throttling down, and, and then, of course, uh, this last week, here we are again. Tennessee, the hottest spot on the planet, and real worries about COVID. And by now, we've lost people. By now, we've lost loved ones that, that have been struck with this. I, I don't know about you, but that qualifies to me as a curveball year. Uh, if you ever played baseball, you know what I'm talking about. You know that pitcher? Yeah, is getting ready to throw that pitch. You may be thinking fastball, and you see it, and he's got it, and that, that ball's right up here at the top. And you're looking, you're thinking, man, this is going to be a fastball coming in, and next thing you know, it breaks down. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, I wasn't ready for that. Well, how do you handle those times in your life when God throws you a curveball? But, and this is the truth of the thing uh, this morning. God certainly knew this year was coming, didn't he? And not only did God know this year was coming, God allowed this year to come to us and to this world. I believe there's a divine purpose behind all things that's happening, and, and our faith and our trust is in God. And in God, we do see the victory. But what advice can we take from the Word of God to handle these times in our life? Well, one of the wisest men that ever lived, the wisest man that we know of in the Bible, of course, Solomon, listen to his advice, Proverbs 19, verse 20. Listen to advice and accept, and, 
uh, instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Verse 20 is really at verse, isn't it? Many are the plans in the mind of man. I mean, we make our plans. Last year we were making our plans about where we were going to uh, go as a church, what we were going to be doing, and, but God had another mind. God had another purpose. And Solomon tells us that we can take great comfort in knowing that the purpose of the Lord will stand when all is said and done. Let me give you three things that I think the, Solomon says here that I think is important for us to keep in mind. When life throws us a curveball, when God throws us a curveball, and, and life isn't quite what we think uh, it's supposed to be, number one, do not forsake the guidance of God. I'll give you a good example. I think of Joseph. You remember the story of Joseph, how Joseph, that young uh, boy there, uh, of Jacob the youngest, and how he was uh, just... He was the, 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 the pride of his father. You remember the story how his father gave him that special coat of many colors and his brothers were jealous of him and how he had uh, had those visions that he really didn't understand. And one of the visions really ticked off his brothers because it was the vision that they would bow down before him one day. And, you know, they had just about had enough of this dude, Joseph. And he came out one day, you know, uh, to, to, to bring stuff to the, to the brothers. And, and, and they said, you know, we need to just take care of this cat. And they threw him in a pit, and then they sold him into slavery to a group passing by. And they went back and told the father that he'd been killed by an animal, by a wild beast. And Joseph found himself a slave boy. And, and the Bible tells us that, that Joseph was faithful to God, as a, was a faithful servant. He rose uh, to uh, the, the, the top position in that house. And everything was looking better in his life until his master's wife began to look, have eyes towards him. And of course, she reached out to take hold of Joseph and to sleep with him. But he would not and did not violate uh, uh, the command of God, nor uh, would he betray his master uh, and uh, his home. And she falsely accuses him, and he goes from being in the, the top position of the home to now he's in, in a jail cell. And he works his way up while he's in prison. It's kind of a, a, a guy, the go-to guy there. Everything that he touches seems to be blessed of God. And there are two individuals there that that have an opportunity to help him out later, two men that he had helped, that once they're released, forget about him. Joseph seems to be just the forgotten guy now. God works through the way that he works and his purpose, and of course, brings him into the court of Pharaoh. And as you come to the end of, of, of Genesis, we find that that, that Joseph is the number two guy only behind Pharaoh in charge. And of course, there is that famine uh, that is sweeping across the land, that, that uh, time where there's no rain. And, and, and he has prepared the people. 
And he also, we know, uh, takes care of the people of God because of his position that he's in. You know, one quarter of the, the, the book of Genesis is dedicated to Joseph. And of all the people that you come to uh, in the busy, crowded word of God, there's probably no one that's more beautiful in their life than Joseph because his, job, his life is so much like the Lord Jesus Christ. Almost at any point that you touch, you find Jesus being revealed in his life. But one of the things that, that's so true about Joseph in his life is that all through this, God is silent. He has some visions, he interprets some visions, but yet we don't really see God speaking to Joseph, saying, Joseph, this is what I'm doing in your life. And it just seems to be one curveball after another, one curveball after another. And we get to the, to the last chapter there, we get to Genesis in 50, and, and we read about the brothers coming before Joseph. And Joseph reveals himself, and the brothers are, are fearful, of course, because they know what they've done to Joseph. And, and Joseph uh, sees their repentance. Joseph sees their brokenheartedness. And he says to them in that, uh, in that chapter, Fear not, for I am in the place of God, but as for you... You thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Now, therefore, fear not. I will nourish you and your little ones. He comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. Let me just say that when life throws us that curveball, when that curveball comes at us, we, we have to be careful not to forsake the guidance of God. All through his life experience, Joseph trusted in the guidance of God. A second thing that we have to do is we cannot forget the goodness of God. You know, it's easy to miss the goodness of God in times of hardship and in times of adversity. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. It's easy when times are hard to miss the goodness of God. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God is good. He makes the sun to shine on the bad as well as the good. He, he uh, gives out his uh, tender mercy to the stubborn elder brother that won't accept the, the heart of the father or the story of his uh, repentant uh, brother. God gives love to the vilest sinner just as much as he gives love to the virtuous saint. The greatest man manifestation of mercy that this world has ever known is, of course, at Calvary. We think about what Jesus did when he was being nailed to that cross and how he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I don't have any doubt believing that the thunderbolts of heaven would have fell down upon earth had Jesus not prayed that prayer. But even then, against the darkest sin of man, the tender mercies of God shone forth. We see it exhibited in that story we mentioned of the prodigal son. Mercy would have found a place for the, for the penitent with the hired servants. Tender mercy would have seated him again as a son Tender mercy calls for the ring and for the robe and, and the feast and the fun and the music and the dancing. Tender mercy is what the Father gives to that Son. That's what God gives to us. 
We have to understand that when life throws us a curveball, when, when, when God throws us a curveball, he is still the God who is good. We have to remember that he is the God of tender mercies. Sometimes we want to feel like Job. Job said in Job 10 verses 1 and 2, I loathe my life. I will feel uh, free utterance to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why you have uh, contended against me. That's what we want to do, isn't it? We want to be like Job and say, God, why? Why? But what Solomon says is don't forget not only to trust in the guidance of God, but to trust in the goodness of God. It's what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, verses 10 and 11. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, comfort, strengthen, and establish you. For to him be the dominion forever and forever. Amen. In a word, it's grace. The goodness of God. That's what carries God's saints through the various circumstances of life. It's what Peter was telling his, his congregation and his listeners in that day of persecution by Nero, where it was threatened to overwhelm the church. Peter reminds the readers that God's grace is available for every need of life, that he is the good God. He is the God of all grace. He has to do but speak and grace be given. God has an absolute monopoly on grace, and his grace is amazing. God's grace provides strength enough for every situation, grace enough for every life that's living, grace enough even for dying and death. God's grace sustains us. God's grace guarantees us the goodness of God. There's been a lot of good things that's happened in this year, believe it or not. One of the things that, that, that I would say for our church that has been a good thing is that you're actually hearing the word of God today. For those of you who are home, you're sitting perhaps in front of your television, you're, you're, you're on your phone or you're on your iPad or you're on your computer and you're, you're watching our worship. But it's not just there for you, is it? It's there for all the world. I've said to you before, I said, we, we, we look at the analytics of, of, of how uh, our social media goes out and who watches it. We find that there are folks that have been in India and China and all around the world that have, have heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ from Alamo, Tennessee and from little old First Baptist Church of Alamo. In some ways, God has given us a good gift this year. We've talked about trying to do these things for a long time and we always would say well the technology is more than 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 we can handle more than we can understand more than we can get volunteers to work and we were so afraid of it we just kind of it was always on the back burner but one thing god did this year is he he got that off the back burner he pushed us over the cliff and, and yes as i was talking about earlier i mean back in march it was chaotic and and, and we laugh about the days where we had uh, there were ladders in our sanctuary and yet no people and we had cables and, and, and cords running everywhere and trying to figure out this thing that, 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 that Hollywood does in terms of putting out some kind of uh, production. It was, it was trying to catch up on the fly. 
But yet here we sit going into a brand new year and what? It's something that as a church together we've conquered. And as the church continues to, to look for that day where we open back up and things are better, we've made an advancement even in this year. We've learned this year how precious family is. We've lost too many good people this year. This has been one of the hardest years, I can tell you, to be a pastor. My heart breaks when I think about the good people we've lost. But we really didn't lose them, did we? It's, it's actually been God's gained them. It's been his gain. It's been their gain, but it's not. It's, it, it feels like our loss because we love them. But we also know that one day, once we go through the valley of the shadow of death, as they did, we too will find that death is our gain. You see, even in these times, God is good. Finally, let me give you one last thing that I think that, that Solomon is saying. Don't fight the guarantee from God. Notice what he says there in verse 21. But the purpose of the Lord, that will stand. The purpose of God cannot be undone. It cannot be changed. It cannot be stopped. I'm excited about next week as we launch into the, uh, our winter sermon series. And this year, we're going to look at that old adversary, Satan, our old foe. And, and it's been a fascinating study these last couple of weeks as I've been reading and preparing for that. And I'm excited about it. But this one thing I want you to know that I have seen is I, even looking at Satan, that God has a plan God has a purpose, and what God has planned and purpose will come to pass. I've said it to you before, and I think as we go through this study together next week and, and, and for the next several weeks together, you're going to see it true. We're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from, from victory. Satan is a defeated foe. We are victors. He is a strong foe. He is a he, he is one to be feared and respected, certainly. But we are on the winning team, folks. The game's already been played. Time's already been called. And we're the victors who stand with Christ. One of the things that led me to this message is something I came across this week, and I want to give it to you as we close this morning. How do you handle a curveball? I don't forget when Will was coming up and playing baseball, one of the things that he had to learn to do was learn to hit the curveball. Because the older he got and the, and the uh, competition got harder, you were going to see more of those. People could hit a fastball, but that curveball is hard. And so I want to give you some things that help hit that curve of life. Here's some things. And just take that word, C-U-R-V-E. Here's what you do. See, call out to Jesus. He knows what life is throwing at you, and he has promised to be there to help. Psalm 34, verse 6, this poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. When life throws you a curveball, call out to the Lord. You, use the Bible to gain wisdom and understanding. God's Word can speak to you in the midst of confusion and chaos and pain and suffering. 
Romans 15 verse 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, we might have hope. There's a word that God has given to us, to you. Or reach out to others for encouragement and support. Don't try to go it alone. There are others who are players on our team who need our help and who have help to give. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another, build each other up just as in fact you are doing. The view the curveball as an opportunity to grow stronger, wiser, and better. See it as a learnable or teachable moment for growth and maturity in the Christian walk. James 1, 3, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whatever you face, trials of any kind, because knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. In E, expect to be continually thrown curveballs throughout life. Don't allow them to make you anxious or lose hope, but continue to bring them to the Lord. Live expectantly. You know, 2020, I, 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 I don't want to see another year like this again. But the fact of the matter is 2021 might be worse. As Christians, we need to be ready for that. We need to be, we, we need to, to, to be prepared for that. The world is looking at how you, you and I handle these moments of crises, these moments of, 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 of confusion. We need to set the example. We need to show a lost world around us that we are not anxious about anything. But in everything and in every situation, through prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, we present our request to God. And we trust in Him. Life throws its curveballs at us. God being God, He knows what's coming our way. And if, and, and if what comes our way comes our way, we know that God, you know has at least allowed it. But God has said, I will never leave you, nor I will ever forsake you. I am always with you. In these moments, what we look for most is the presence of God. And as I think about this year that we've been through and the year that's coming, I can't help but say, God has been here with us. I don't know about you, but I have felt his presence this year like never before. I have felt a greater dependence on him like never before. And so when I look back, I think, what a year 2020's been. In some ways, it's been one of the best years. Because I know that God has drawn me closer to him, more dependent upon him and his grace. Our gracious Heavenly Father this morning, it's been a hard year. And I know there are many that are hearing today and listening today. I thought about loved ones they've lost and the trials and adversities they've gone through. Things unexpected at this time last year. And Lord, our hearts go out to, to those who have, have lost loved ones, where there's that empty seat at the dinner table now, 
But Lord, we know that even in these losses, even in these tough times, even in these hard times, that God, you are there. That we see the victory. Your plan, your purpose shall prevail. And that God, even in this dark day, there is your presence. And Lord, it, it is that presence that you give us that is the brightest light that shines that gives us our great hope lord we look back over this year and we see good things that you have done even in this year that's been so very hard and lord we know that there are more good things that await us as we continue to look in faith to you knowing that you are the great god you are the giver of the things that, that matter in life, life itself, your grace and your goodness. And Lord, whatever heart this morning might be heavy, Lord, let it feel, we pray, a little bit lighter in knowing that God, even in the curveball times of life, you uphold us in your mighty hand. We thank you today, God for being that God, our Savior, in whose name we do pray. Amen. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today. Thank you.